0: The Laws of Oaths, chapter 2. First halacha. A person is liable for a false oath whether he makes the statement himself or whether someone else makes the statement and he merely says amen. And that's true even if the person making the statement is a non-Jew or a child. He also need not actually say amen, he merely needs to indicate assent. Second halacha. Someone who takes an oath using God's name need not actually say his name. He could refer to mi the one whose name is kind, or mi the one who is patient, and so on. And if he uses the expression Allah or Arur, both indicating curses, if he combines those with the name of God, that is an oath. For example, if one said, "'Cursed be before the one whose name is merciful anyone who eats this hot dog,' and then the guy goes and eats the hot dog. So he made a false oath, and he's liable for lashes. Third halacha. Or if he simply says, "'By the one whose name is gracious, I shall not eat this hot dog,' and then eats the hot dog. Same story. He's liable. Fourth halacha. But if someone only uses the expression Allah or Arur, and does not combine it with the name of God, For example, if he says, Cursed be anyone that eats this hot dog, he would personally be bound by the statement, but he would not be liable for lashes if he violated it. Nor would he be required to bring a korban. And the reason is that he did not use either the name of God or one of the expressions used to refer to him. Fifth halacha. A person does not need to use the expression shavua, or the English word swear, in order to actually be liable. And here Rambam points to a group of people who were inarticulate and called a shavua a shavusa. But obviously they meant shavua. And so if someone used that expression, so he's taken an oath. Parenthetically, by the way, this is why Jews tend to say I affirm instead of I swear in a court of law and that type of thing. Sixth halacha. Similarly, if he combines God's name with the expression yes, yes, or no, no, the doubling indicates a swear, or by God's left hand, or that type of expression. These can all be oaths. Seventh halacha. Or if someone says, this is forbidden for God's sake, that is an oath. Eighth halacha. But if someone hears someone else take an oath and he says, I am like him, this is not an oath, he did not use God's name. This is called appending an oath, and it is not binding. Ninth halacha. This is another example of appending an oath. If a person takes an oath not to eat a specific piece of meat, and then later he says, and this bread is like the meat, so that is appending an oath, and he would not be liable for eating the bread. That said, he is not allowed to eat the bread. He just isn't liable if he does. Ten halacha. An oath must be verbalized. A person swearing in his heart not to eat a piece of meat is not liable. Eleventh halacha. A related concept, if a person says an oath, but he meant to say a different oath, in order to be liable, his speech must reflect his heart. So if he wishes to take an oath not to eat by Reuven, and he says, I swear I will not eat by Shimon, He can eat by Reuven or Shimon because he didn't say Reuven, and he didn't mean Shimon. Twelfth halacha. So what does this look like procedurally? If there were witnesses who were aware of the oath, and who sees that he's about to eat something that he swore he would not eat, but he meant to swear about something else, so the witnesses would say, Hey, you took an oath. And he would say, I meant to take an oath about something else. But if he does not say that, if he doesn't correct the witnesses, then if he ate, he would be liable for violating the oath. Thirteenth halacha. There is a similar rule if one is told, your wife took such and such a vow. And here, by the way, we're talking about a nether, a vow, not a shavua. And he says, I meant to be mevatel that nether, meaning I meant to nullify that vow. We treat it as if he did nullify the vow. But here the language is precise. If he says, she took no such vow, and then the witnesses come and testify in court, he can't say i meant to be mevatel, that neder, i meant to nullify the vow. That ship has already sailed. 14th halacha. What happens if his heart aligns with his speech to some extent? Rambam's example is if a person meant to take an oath that he wouldn't eat bread made of wheat, and instead he took an oath that he wouldn't eat bread. So he is forbidden from eating bread made of wheat because that is included within bread, but he is not forbidden from eating other types of bread. 15th halacha A person is able to phrase an oath in such a way that his intent doesn't matter. For example, if he says, I'm taking an oath not to eat today, based upon your intent, he cannot later say, I did not intend to take that oath. 16th halacha For that reason, the judges in a the when they require a person to take an oath, for example, to deny a plaintiff's claim, the proper formulation is to specify that you are not taking an oath dependent upon your own intent, but rather upon our intent. 17th halacha, if a person did intend to take an oath and said the words, but immediately after he said the words, he regrets it and he states, I regret taking that oath, or I change my mind, the oath is nullified. But in this case, he would have to say it, dibur. that means in the amount of time it takes to say, Shalom lecha Rabbi, or hello, Rabbi, 18th halacha. Similarly, if immediately after he says his oath, someone says, take it back, retract, and he says, I do, he has retracted the oath. But once again, it must be, dibur. 19th halacha. One's retraction of an oath must be verbal, whether he is the one that retracts or his friends tell him, retract. In either case, if he merely thinks in his heart, I retract, that does not help him. He must verbalize it.